Welcome to Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. We're glad you've joined us. Welcome again to the best night of the week. Man, woo, I'm excited all the time whenever we gather on midweek because it is prayer and worship that fuels us up and fires us up to do what God's called us to do. So thank you for being here. Tonight, I want to talk to you about this. I want to talk to you about your immaturity. Okay, maybe the person next to you is immaturity. So look to the person and be like, yeah, hey, you need to listen, right? So anyways, hey, okay, I'm just joking. Maybe my immaturity, that's what we need to talk about. That's what we need to look at. Did you know, as a church, our goal is to help you become mature followers of Jesus. That the greatest thing that you can do, that the goal that you should put forth in your life is to become a fervent, mature follower of Jesus. That's the goal. We want to take you from where you are right now and help you be where God wants you to be. That's a sold out, completely devoted follower of Jesus. Even Paul says this in Colossians 1.28. We'll get to this in a moment. The notes, he says that we may present everyone mature in Christ. So what's it mean to be mature in Christ? The first one is this. I want you to uh, write it down in your notes. If you read, write, and recite, you're better to retain. And it's thoroughly, and it's right here. We want that mature followers model the character of Christ. They model the character of Christ. That means when you are coming to this point of maturity that you are exemplifying the fruits of the Spirit, that you are holding on to the Beatitudes, that you model Jesus and in, in his ways and his compassion and his perseverance and his diligence and his love for people. So a mature follower, they, they model the character of Christ. Number two, a mature follower also is commission consumed. Commission consumed. The Great Commission, Pastor Goss, he spoke about it. It was our emphasis during prayer time that if you are a mature follower of Jesus, then you are so fired up, fueled up, saying, I want to share the good news of Jesus with people. That's why we're here. Everything we do is because it's around centrally focused on the gospel. So our goal as a church, take you from where you are right now to where God wants you to be to be mature followers of Jesus. Everybody turn to your name and say, become mature. We'll get there, we'll get there. Now the challenge is this, when it comes to maturity and the levels of maturity in our life is this. Our goal isn't necessary to become mature followers. We get distracted and we impose and implement our own goals. When I was looking a little bit about what it means to be mature and what some goals people have, and that's the title of tonight's message is this, the goal, is oftentimes we, we miss our goal and we impose and develop our own goals. Here's one list of someone's goal that I found, and I was actually astonished, but it can maybe reflect some of your goals that you have right now in life. Check this out. Number one on their goal list was this, live the best life by buying pants with no zippers or buttons. Seriously, sweatpants, that's the best thing you want to do in your, your, your goal in your life? Okay, here's one. Go vegan for six months and inevitably give up. Okay, yeah, vegans. Go vegans, right? All right, 
cultivate, okay, here's one little pop culture for us tonight, cultivate the confidence of Kanye West without the tone deafness of Kanye West, okay? Or here's number, here's another one. I, I don't know, I got any vitamin consumers in the house. Go on a vitamin shopping spree with the goal to finish the whole bottle of vitamins, that's someone's goal. Imagine that, right? We buy vitamins. I want to get healthy, want to get fit. We buy the stack, and then, yeah, we never even get through that bottle. Or here's a, maybe a goal that we all want to have right now is burn all the 2020 calendars, right? Like, no one wants to remember 2020. See, a lot of times in our Christian walk, and our faith journey, like I like to deem it, is this. We, we have goals in our life. We want to have a healthy marriage. We want to raise our kids well. But really, we, we can get inundated and sidetracked with some of these goals, which are important, but they're not the goal, and that's to develop maturity in Christ. The Apostle Paul in Colossians, this is going to be our text, we are in this series called Clarity, a look at Colossians. He's writing to a group of believers that he's never met, a church that he's never started. In fact, he's going on behalf of a colleague, and he's pinning this, one of his prison epistles, and he's writing them to bring clarity in a time when they're really confused. They're confused because culture is beating the drum really loud, saying, hey, you can have Jesus, and you can also add some other spices to the mix. When Paul's saying, stop, 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 it's not about that at all. It's only about Jesus. So Paul, he's, he's writing this, and he's in jail at the time, and he leaves chapter 1 with this, and it's Paul's ministry to the church. He says in verse 24, Now I rejoice in my sufferings, for your sake, and in my flesh, I am filling up what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church. Paul uses the word rejoice. He's in jail, but he is finding hope. He's finding positivity in this moment. Now, anytime you read this verse, you have to be very clear on what Paul is actually saying. Paul is creative when he writes. He's actually pulling on the heartstrings of his Jewish heritage. See, many times the, the Jewish rabbis, the scholars, they would write this. They believed in two different eras. They believed in the sinful era, and then they also, this, the, the present age, and then they believed in the return of the messianic king. That whenever the king would come back, the Jewish people would be restored to their rightful place. That they would rule, that they would conquer and what Paul is saying, it's actually not two eras, there's three. There's the present, there's the moment when we're broken, there's this world as it is, but then there's this inaugural phase, that Christ came, that Christ started, put in motion something that forever will change their lives. See, Paul reshapes the understanding that they are having by saying it's all about Jesus, and he's putting the start the starting line right there, it's all about Jesus and pointing everybody to the future, that it then becomes a process of maturity. We continue on, and of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God that was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. Paul is taking responsibility to what God has called him to do. The mystery hidden for the ages and generations, Paul continues, but now revealed to the saints. To them God chose to make known 
how great among the Gentiles are the riches and the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you. The hope of glory. And then here he goes, he goes, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we present present everyone, what? Mature in Christ. Some translations use the word perfect in Christ. A, a more accurate English look is mature. Because you and I both know when we mention the word perfection, it means we don't need to change. But we know in the process of maturity, there's areas and components in our life that we need to evaluate. We know that maybe we're batting nine in the marriage. Maybe we're saying, hey, I'm a nine over here. There's always that opportunity to lean over to a perfect 10. An opportunity, a process. So Paul says, him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all the wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. And then he goes, For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. So tonight I want to give you three ways that you can grow in maturity, but at the same time you need to evaluate where you stand when it comes to maturity. Let's get on the same page when it comes to maturity. Maturity is an age. Uh, a lot of times we think if we arrive at a certain age, we'll become more mature. That's not the case, especially with what Paul is teaching here. There's a lot of people you might know in your life that say, hey, they might say, I'm mature. You don't need to tell me what to do. I have it together. I've been in life. I've done life. But then you scratch your head and you're like, why do you keep making the same mistakes? It's because they lack maturity. So maturity isn't age. Maturity isn't what specifically you do to just punch the ticket. Maturity is an all-encompassing attitude, engagement of your character, who you are, and your development of knowing who God is in life. That's what maturity is. It's being rooted in, the, in Jesus' character and then also commission consumed. So here we go, three ways to grow in maturity. And I want to challenge you, what do you need to do to grow in some areas? And then also evaluate your standing in these areas. Number one is share hope through suffering. Share hope through suffering. Throughout Paul's, line, throughout Paul's letters, he uses this term, he rejoices in his sufferings. Paul writes this in Romans 5.3, we rejoice in our sufferings. Ephesians 3.13, he says, so I ask you not to lose heart over what I am suffering for you, which is your glory. So what's interesting is when we look at Paul's story, you and I, we're never going to be in a circumstance more than likely of where we find Paul when he wrote this book. You and I, Paul is in jail right now because he is proclaiming and he's teaching about Jesus. You can go on the street right here on Bayshore and you can, you can proclaim and teach all you want about Jesus. I guarantee you might even get some high five from the government, depending what official it might be. We're not going to go to jail for that. Paul goes to jail. But this is the suffering he alludes to, that you're not going to maybe suffer by going to, to jail on behalf of Jesus, but you might suffer through the circumstances of a broken world. There's people I've talked with this week who... Um, when you hear their stories, your, your heart breaks. You, you hear what they're going through. Your heart breaks. 
You, you hear loss of a loved one, potential loss of a loved one. You, you hear a financial circumstance where you scratch your head and, and, and you're baffled at how could this happen to them. Uh, it, it, and it, you can get deflated. Paul's talking about that suffering might not be in perhaps the, the sense of a jail, but suffering is something that is inevitable in this world that there are going to be people you're going to lose. There are going to be mistakes made. There's going to be family tension. There's going to be relationships lost. There's going to be depression, anxiety. There's going to be different things that you battle with. There's going to be frustration when you're raising your children. There's going to be frustration with your adult children if they could only know Jesus the way you do. There can be suffering in those moments. But it's in those moments of suffering that you have an opportunity to share. It's in those moments of suffering when you can have really two options. You can lean into that suffering and, and say, you know what, I'm, I'm suffering, I'm going to wallow, and I'm just going to have self-pity. Or you can say, hey, I'm suffering at this moment. How can I help someone next to me? See, Paul is in jail, but he goes, now I rejoice in my sufferings. I'm bringing encouragement Church, Colossians, when you are struggling, when you are down and out, when you are being inundated by culture and the thinking, remember where I'm at, is what Paul is saying. I want to encourage you, no matter where you're at, how are you sharing hope in the midst of your suffering? Who are you connecting with in the midst of your suffering? Who are you sharing a love of Jesus with in the midst of your suffering? Some of the greatest moments in my life has been what I've been able to look up to someone and say, hey, I've been through this scenario. Blake, you can hang in there. You ever, you ever been in one of those situations where you, you're like, man, no one's been in my shoes. I'm going through something hard. I'm, I'm hurting and I'm in this moment. And then you meet someone and you hear their story and you're like, man, they're keeping their head up. They're positive. They're pressing on. They have this joy in their life. They're, they're full of their feelings are aligned with who God is. Their thoughts are aligned with who God is. Their expression is aligned with who God is. They have this joy that benefits others and benefits the church. So my question is, you grow in maturity when you're able to come to that point of saying, hey, am I going to share the hope of Jesus in the midst of this moment? Number two, when you look at that and this, this portion of evaluation is, how do you respond in your moments? How do you respond when you're going through something? How do you need to evaluate your life? Do I run from God? Do I stop attending church? Do I complain? Do I gossip? Am I complacent in my walk? How do you evaluate your moments when it comes to your maturity and when it comes to sharing in those times. Number two for us is this, when it comes to growing in maturity and evaluating our maturity is this, we need to serve in the season of our suffering. Paul is suffering. He's in jail. He's chained to guards. He doesn't know the end of the road. He doesn't know what's going to happen. He had a desire to preach in Rome. He doesn't know how to get there, but there's some unique steps that are happening in his life. But he continues to serve. See, a natural reaction whenever things go bad in life is we want to pull back. We want to stop engaging. See, at Faith Assembly, my heart is this, that no matter what we go through, that we're going to continue to engage on the mission of the church to help people become mature followers of Jesus. 
I would, argue, I, I would argue that serving is almost as essential as any component found in the church. Because what happens is whenever you're serving alongside someone, you're building community with them. When you're serving alongside someone, you're engaged. Whenever you're serving along some, uh, alongside someone, you're having ownership. Colossians 1.25 says this, I became a minister according to the stewardship of, from God, the call that God placed in Paul's life that was given to me for your, and what he's saying is for you, his faith community, to make the world, to make the world of the word of God fully known. See, one of the greatest mistakes I've seen is whenever people they go through a moment of suffering, they quit serving, they they take a step back. I can't be around people right now. When Paul's saying, no, you need to learn in, you need to lean in, you need to go into your call, you need to say, hey, I'm struggling right now, but I'm going to still serve, I'm going to still own the responsibility. I prayed for a lady this past week. Uh, she was going through something. Uh, it, was the year, it was the year anniversary of her uh, daughter's death. She goes, Pastor Blake, I need prayer, and, and uh, I'm praying with her right now, I'm trying to encourage her. I'm like, what can I pray for you specifically? She says, I need strength. I said, okay, and in that middle of that prayer, I'm praying, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, Blake, you need to ask her, is she, is she going to church anywhere? Is she involved in a community anywhere? Is she serving anywhere? When you're praying for someone in that moment, you kind of scratch your head, and you're like, God, man, God, let me just pray for strength and be out, because it's, it's emotionally filled. It's, it's that moment. Sure enough, I ask her, I say, hey, are you plugged in anywhere? Are you serving anywhere? Are you involved with a, a church body anywhere? She goes, no. Then I had the opportunity to invite her to church. She comes to church the following Sunday, and my heart was lit up. But what was so apparent and so present was this, is the moment that whenever she was going through something, she withdrew. Whenever we're suffering, we need to lean in and serve. You might not feel like it. You might not want to go through it. But Paul says he's going to be a steward of what God's called him to be. So in your maturity level, the goal to be a mature follower of Jesus is whenever something is pressing in on your life, are you going to lean in or are you going to withdraw? Are you going to say, hey, you know, I just can't do it. I don't want to be around people. It's too frustrating. It's too hard. I'm down and out. I'm discouraged. Or are you going to say, hey, I need to step up right now because the longest hour of your life is only 60 minutes. You can make it through. You can press through. Paul's encouraging this church. He's finding rejoice that he is partaking in what Jesus went to the cross for. He's coming in. He's saying, hey, I'm a part of what Christ, the afflictions Christ faced. I can hang in there because it is my joy to do so on behalf of the benefit of the church. See, the ways we grow in maturity and evaluate our maturity is one, we share hope in our suffering, we serve in the season of our suffering, and then we work hard for Jesus despite our suffering. See, God is at work, therefore Paul is at work. See, it's a balance between God's sovereignty and our own responsibility. This quote I heard uh, numerous years ago says this, we need to pray like it de depends on God, but we need to work like it depends on ourselves. 
Oftentimes we want, we want God to bail us out or we just don't want to work through it. But what Paul's saying is the reason he's working, the reason he's toiling, the reason he's going through the struggle is because God is at work, therefore he needs to be at work. Colossians 1, verse 29, he says, Him we proclaim, warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom that we may present everyone mature in Christ. Paul saw that everybody needs to be mature in Christ, that he needs to work to help people be mature in Christ, to be made perfect in Christ. This is why I toil, he says, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. And there's moments when we work. There's moments when we're down and out. There's moments when we depleted. And when those moments come, when we're working hard, when we're down and out, when we don't have any more energy, what's Paul say? He says, then with all his energy that he powerfully works in me. In other words, that may we lean into God whenever we are drained. See, so my question for you tonight is this, when it comes to maturity, the greatest goal that Paul encouraged us to have is, are are you working hard? Are you sharing the good news? Are you serving in the midst of your suffering? See, whenever we go through the books of the Bible, whenever we march through it, there's scripture that kind of just hits us right in between the eyes and we can't really dodge it, can't duck it, and we look at it and say, hey, that's a gut check for us. It's not about having all these goals over here, but it's about becoming a mature follower of Jesus, that we have character like Jesus, that we're commissioned, consumed, like God calls his followers to be. So tonight, I want to encourage you that no matter what you're going through, no matter what you're facing, hang in there. That you have a a God that is for you, that stands with you, that when you're depleted, what Paul said, he says, hey, you know, I am suffering, but I'm continuing to share, I'm continuing to serve, I'm continuing to work hard. And whenever you're down and out and depleted, what can you do? Then Paul leans in to the power of God for his supply. There's some of you right now, you're going through a suffering moment in your life. You can use that to minister to someone else's heart. You can minister, you can use that to minister to your neighbor, someone in your community. Say, God, give me that opportunity. Give me the whole, give me the Holy Spirit to say the words when I don't know how to moment because I'm in this pain. I'm in this moment. God, I need your power in my life. So tonight, as we wrap up, we're gonna sing a song. I'm just gonna encourage you about the words we just spoke and looked at today, the courage from the Apostle Paul. What's taking place in your heart now? Where, where are you measuring at in your maturity level? When life comes at you, are you ready just to give up and, and just walk away? Or when life comes at you, are you ready to lean in and say, God, I need to depend on your power because I don't know how I'm going to see tomorrow. So I'm going to ask you if you'll take a moment, bow your head, let's pray together, and then Pastor Steph's going to lead us in a song, and we'll dismiss. Thank you for coming out for the best night of the week, a fueled up moment for us. Because church, we, we need it. If church isn't praying, we're not staying. Lord, right now, I, I pray that you be with each and every one of us. I pray that you just bless and anoint this body right now. Lord, there's, there's those who are suffering in this room, and it might not be in the physical capacity as the great Apostle Paul, but it might be in their hearts, their, their minds, their relationships, their finances, their doubts, their worries. 
Lord, out of that suffering, may you help them find a, a, a sense and a state of joy that they can share the hope, that they can serve in an effective way, that they continue to work hard and always depend on your power. Lord, we need that in this moment. We need that tonight. May continue to be always at work in your children's lives. In your great and holy name we say, amen. Thank you for joining us for tonight's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. We also gather on Sunday mornings at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next time for Wednesday night at Faith Assembly. Faith Assembly's Wednesday night is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.